Thank you. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Joshua. <clears throat> the book of Joshua, chapter 2. Perth's time to lock down a few weeks ago when we were there. Now it's Sydney's time to lock down, apparently. Or New South Wales. I didn't know, so I don't keep up with the news all the time. And apparently we're supposed to be locked down. Is that right? Canberra? Okay. Anyway, we've celebrated the Lord's table and we've put it to air, I think. We have. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll be in jail next week. <clears throat> it's good to be ignorant. Joshua chapter 2. <clears throat> There's so many things to fit in on a Sunday morning that I'd like to fit in a lot more. Maybe we should start Sunday school at 9.30 so that we can have our breaks and and fit all the good things. You know, to worship the Lord is the most important thing of the whole week. Yes, we are Gentiles and we spend a day a week or an hour a week in church. If you were in the Jewish nation, you would spend half the year in church-related things. Say. Yes, <laughs> and we should consider that, <laughs> that we ought to spend some more time with the Lord, personally, if we don't do it at church. Joshua chapter 2, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land of even Jericho. They went and came into the harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in here tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men who were come to thee, who are entered into thine house, for they, for they have come to search out the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, They came unto me, but I wist not from where they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them, or their ghosts, <laughs> the way to the Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they who pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is full upon us that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. 
And for we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you. That was 40 years earlier. When you came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shinon, Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token." And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that ye, that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and tr truly with thee. We could read the rest, but for sake of time we won't. You know the story if you've read your Bible. Back in 2017, we looked at Hannah, the mother of a prophet. In 2018, we looked at Eunice, the mother of a preacher. In 2019, we looked at many mums of prominent people. In 2020, when we were locked down, we looked at brides who are God's possession. Today, we look at Rahab, the mother in the lineage of the promised Messiah, the promised possession of God, the seed, the promised seed. Um, <clears throat> oh, how the grace and mercy and humility of our Saviour is seen in the selection of his forebearers. We see it in this story today in Joshua chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1, Hebrews 11 and James chapter 2 where Rahab is mentioned. Her name, Rahab, Ra, the start of it, was the name of an Egyptian god. As an Amorite, Rahab belonged to the idolatrous people who had a name meaning insolence, fierceness, broad, fitting her, her, her occupation, spaciousness. Her family connections, while Rahab's parents, brothers and sisters were alive at the time of her association here with the spies, none of them are mentioned by name. Some of the ancient Jewish fathers who held her high in her reputation reckoned that she was the husband of Joshua, but that doesn't hold any biblical credence Rahab is referred to as being the wife of Solomon, which is one of the spies according to biblical record in the, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. In turn, she became the mother of Boaz, who married Ruth, from whose son Obed, Jesse, the father of David, came through whose lineage Jesus came. It's all interesting as you look at that in Matthew chapter 1. Salomon begot Boaz of Rahab, it says in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5. Salomon was a prince of the house of Judah, one of these spies 
of the two that came to her house that day. Uh, <coughs> Rahab, the one-time heathen harlot, married into one of the leading families of Israel and became an ancestress of our Lord. The other f- foreign ancestress, ancestress, ancestresses <laughs> being Tamar, Ruth and Bathsheba. It is interesting that these women are named, but Jewish ladies are not, but only Sarah. These Gentile brides are named. This shows the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus to us. Um, Both Jewish and Christian writers have tried to prove that Rahab was a different woman from the one whom the Bible always speaks of as the harlot. (laughs) To them it is abhorrent that such a disreputable person should be included in the Lord's genealogy. Both by Paul and others as a woman of faith, And so her story has been distorted in order to make her human goodness better than what we read of her as being a harlot. Although man's sense of refinement may be shocked, the fact remains that Rahab, Tamar and Bathsheba were sinful women who were purged by God and had their share in the royal lion from whom Jesus sprung. Praise be to God. That makes us all able to be saved, even the basest of men. Praise be to the Lord. It's been suggested by those religious people, harlot can be translated innkeeper, thus making Rahab the landlady of a wayside tavern. Guesses have been made that she had been a concubine such as Hagar, and, but, that, but that in Jericho she was a reputable woman identified with a respectable business. But the Bible makes no attempt to smother or smooth sorry, over her harlotry and make her a pleasant woman. She was a harlot. That's it. And she was in the lineage of the Lord. You know, the Lord can make the foulest clean, can he not? And he identifies with us in that he had this sort of history. One of my nieces, I probably spelt this wrong, but this is a booklet of our ancestry. It goes back five generations from me, seven to our kids' kids. I had a look through it early this morning and just marked off names. You know, we're probably all related. If, if I read out the surnames of all the surnames in this book, I, I marked them off. Because there's two names that probably relate us all, Smith and Jones. <laughs> and we're related to some Smiths and Joneses. <laughs> and, and some Fijians <laughs> and others and Aboriginals. I mean, Aboriginal. <laughs> Jojo. In in this, the, the, and birth certificates, we've got them all in here. It's interesting that they're in here. And they went back and searched them all the little avenues and went down all the little rabbit holes. Uh, 
and they went back to when we came here till, till now. That's interesting. The whole family's related anyway. We're all back to Noah. Yeah, have you got a different genealogy to that? Did you come from Noah or somewhere else? <laughs> no, you come from Noah and his three sons, Ham, Shem and Japheth. You're related to one of them. Probably to Japheth, most of us. And if you're from Shem, you're from the Middle East. Uh, Ham, you're from Africa and the descendants that went down through Egypt. Uh, Japheth and up into Russia and England and all over there. So we're related, aren't we not? Are we not? And, and God knows from where we came. And, and most of us in Australia are from the Heinz variety. As I read this, I, I realise that. But the Lord knows. And the Lord came to save how many? All. And we see that in the story here. One commentator divided Rahab's life up to her sin, her scheme, her sacrifice, her sign, her salvation and her status. We're not following that one today. You look at the one we have there, the outline. Yes, Rahab was a harlot, maybe a temple prostitute, practicing the vile Canaanite religion, using immorality as an act of worship, and that they still do that sort of thing today. Destined for death under the Mosaic law. And once Israel possessed Jericho, she was destined for death. But God saved her, creating a great lesson in grace and mercy and humility, and presenting an excellent study for his so great salvation that has come down to all of us from his son, the Lord Jesus. The scarlet line of Rahab may speak by its colour of the safety through sacrifice, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, pictured in Hebrews nine eighteen to 22. Scarlet, bright red in colour. We see Rahab's dreadful condition in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim, two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came to, into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Her terrible past. Three times she's referred to as the harlot. The Hebrew word is zuna, the Greek porne, pornography. We get that word from. She had left home. She may have left home. We don't know because she was sick of the restrictions she had and she wanted to live the way she wanted to live. Maybe she was forced into harlotry because she couldn't sustain life. And there's a lot of young ladies that have to go that way because, well, have to, in commas, to support themselves. But she had left home and got involved in this horrible and heinous life which the Bible universally speaks of with moral revulsion and social ostracism. Both Paul and James label her as the Rahab, Rahab the harlot. I'm shocked at how some women, young or old, give themselves to a sleazy, 
fast-talking man who wants but one thing from them, then dumps them. They sell themselves for a meal, for a motel, for a promise, for a Porsche, a palace. I've confronted young ladies and said to them, when a man offers them a room in a house and said, I said, you're practicing harlotry. You say, Pastor, that's a bit blunt. I've said it to them. I'm not a harlot. I said, you are. He's not paying me anything. I said, he's providing you a house. He's paying you for what he's getting out of you. You know, you need to start thinking it through, young ladies. Don't sell yourself to any man. Keep yourself pure for your husband to be. It's a terrible life. And she had a terrible past, Rahab did. Man's lust for the unlawful is responsible for harlotry. Her terrible past. Her terrible position. How could she extricate herself from this diabolical and dreadful situation? Treated like a moral leper in society. Lest we look down our sanctimonious noses, let's think of our condition as sinners before Almighty God. Let's think of this. We look at the harlots and say, oh, what a terrible sinner they are. We would, we, well, I would never go there. Huh? Given the circumstances and the place, we might be there too. And you read Romans chapter 3. I'd like to read all this and extend the sermon. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> you read Romans chapter 3 and verses 9 to 19. And see, as God sees us, ourselves, all of us, We're all gone out of the way. We are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That includes harlots and all sinners in all types of sin. God sent his son to die for us all. So we were all in a terrible position, were we not? But this revulsive behavior of this sort of sin we we as people look down upon a terrible past a dreadful condition to be in and man is in a dreadful position we all are Rahab's divine conversion (laughs) and we go to verse 9 of chapter 2 of Joshua the fear and the fainting of the citizens of Jericho was they heard about the God of Israel and what God had done for Israel (laughs) She said, I know that God has given you this land. The terror of God is fallen upon us. The terror of you has fallen upon us and all our inhabitants of the land is fainting because of you. You know, the first thing, the first step towards salvation is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. wisdom. Uh, Hey, listen, all Canaanites could have got saved. (laughs) They were fearing and fainting because they heard of the God of Israel. This world is in a position right now that they are hearing of what's coming. Just read about it in the Bible. 
if they only would listen. We've spread a tract around Albury of the coming global holocaust. They've heard. Whether they wanted to read it or not, that's their problem. They've heard. Some got mad. Some have just read it and hogwash, they said. But they've heard. And it's going to happen. The fact is, it's going to happen. And so we've got the fear that these people heard it in their hearts, that, it, that, that you know, Israel's coming. <laughs> Judgment's coming. They're going to write, God is with them, and they're going to wipe out all of us out. God is working. The fact that the sovereign God is working through us and through a small group of Christians in this world, and I increasingly hear people of other persuasions and not of the denomination. Well, I'm, I'm not calling us a denomination. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Independent Baptists are not a denomination. <laughs> We're an independent church, independent churches. But I hear other people in different churches awakening up. Something's up. <laughs> Something's going down. The world isn't going as it used to go. And they're becoming aware. And I pray that it becomes more so. China's on the move, is it not? And Australia ought to be shaking in its boots. <laughs> We've only got 25 million people here. And they've got 1.2 billion people. And the military are concerned. But Christians, what about us <laughs> in this small country? A big country, but small people. And the unsaved people will be saying, what are we going to do? Vietnam's right close. They're concerned. Japan's concerned. You hear the news, you listen. These people, the Canaanites were concerned. The fact is, something's up. Yeah, God's working. God's working in the world. He hasn't abandoned this place. And so... <clears throat> Like Elimaeus, I've written in Acts 13, when Paul called Elimaeus the sorcerer out for seeking to turn Sergius Paulius from the faith and blinded the man <laughs> for trying to turn Sergius away from the faith, <laughs> Sergius was shocked at this sort of doctrine and he believed. He, and you read it, we haven't time, but you read the account. You read in the book of Revelation, in the future when God denying politicians and people see God start working and shaking the world for their immoral, immoral laws and unrighteous deeds and wickedness that they're done in this world and God starts shaking the place up, then they call for the rocks to fall upon and hide them from the face of him that sits on the throne. Right now they're not. But I think they're beginning to see that God does sit on the throne. And all these scientists that deny God and all these politicians that pass laws that are anti-God, they will start shaking in their boots one day. Just as these Canaanites were shaking in their boots. And Rahab was testifying to that fact. Rahab was divinely converted. She had faith. She saw the facts. 
And she believed in verse 12. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord since I have shown you kindness that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house. She believed that day when they come. It was a divine appointment that they turned up at her house and took refuge in her house because she had faith to believe. (laughs) She was already asking questions. And folks, we live in a society today where people are asking questions and you might be the one that turns up at their house to answer their questions. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Three references to Rahab in the New Testament reveal how she became a faithful follower of the Lord. She had been taken from the dunghill and placed among the saints in the genealogy of the Saviour, the Lord Jesus. In Matthew 1 and verse 5 is the first one. There, her remarkable faith was a sanctifying faith, leading her to a pure life and out of a horrible career in what she was doing. We've already mentioned that. As a result of her marriage to Solomon, one of the two spies... She was saved. (laughs) You just have to skip over so much for the sake of time. Paul highly commends Rahab in, in the book of Hebrews 11 and verse 31. It reads, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. She would not have received these two men into her house and covered for them and covered them literally and hid them and let them go and gave them instructions how to escape and sent the army of the Canaanites away, go, go hunt for them and, and lied to cover for them. <laughs> if she didn't have faith, she had faith. She believed in the God of Israel that day and she was saved by her faith. No matter about the lies and all that, that's another story that she covered for them. This was a manifest of, manifestation of divine grace that she was the chosen one to, to believe among all of the thousands in that country that day in that age. Um, <clears throat> This one-time harlot ranked among, in Hebrews 11, saints like Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses and David. What a picture of God's mercy. The Apostle James is the third one that mentions her in James chapter 2 and verse 25. He adds to Paul's record about Rahab being justified by faith in saying that she was justified by works. Well, her works, says James, prove that she had faith. It's not a contradiction, it's just adding to what Paul had said, where he said, In like manner was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. And so (coughs) Rahab's conversion is seen in her faith in what she did for those two spies. Then we see Rahab's daring confession. In verses 4 and 8 of Joshua chapter 2. Spywood, she hid and instructed them on how to do what they did. She knew the country. She knew the land. She knew the people. She was a local. If she had been found out in what she did, what would have happened to her? 
by the locals, by the police, by the army of Jericho, by the king of the country. What would have happened to her? She would have been executed immediately for treason, would she not? So Rahab's daring confession, and folk, we need to stand up for the Lord Jesus in our day. And when we do, we might be executed. <laughs> and Troy spoke in the last point about <coughs> in, in the adult class this morning about standing up for the Lord. We need to stand up <clears throat> for the Lord. And she, toward the spies, stood up and put her life in danger in doing that. God would... The scarlet lion in verse 18. We must read these verses, these two verses. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window by which thou didst let us down. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren, all thy father's house, household home unto thee. And in verse 21, <clears throat> and she said, according unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. You know, when she did it, she did it straight away. <clears throat> God would. <laughs> Rahab's sin had been scarlet, but the scarlet line freeing the spies and remaining as a token of her safety. Isn't that true? When the blood is applied to our lives of the Lord Jesus, it's there for good, isn't it? The blood applied forgives us of our sins. We've celebrated the Lord's table. Once the blood is applied to our lives, we are forever forgiven of our sins. <laughs> this typified the red blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, whereby the worst of sinners can be saved from sin and hell. While the door of mercy stands ajar, the vilest sinner can return and know what it is to be saved and to be safe just like the Rahab the harlot can be was saved and safe in the in and doing what she'd done and trusting the God of Israel. In first Peter one eighteen, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot and Ephesians 1 7 by whom we have received redemption through his blood she was saved as it pictured through the blood of Christ just as we are from the filthiness of our sin for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but we are saved through what he has done. So Spywood, she made a daring confession. Godward, she trusted in the Lord as we trust in the Lord. Manward, her testimony to her family. In verse 18 and chapter 6 of Joshua and verse 22. <clears throat> we read there, And Joshua had said unto the two men, that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out from there the woman and all that she hath, <coughs> as ye swore unto her. And verse 23, 
And the young men who were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them <coughs> without the camp of Israel. Manward, her testimony to her family. This is when it happened that they took over Jericho. How many believed Rahab's testimony of salvation? Quite a crowd gathered her house that day. <laughs> and how many of them were saved from the destruction that happened to Jericho? Her mum, her dad, and all her brethren. They said, out while we destroy Jericho. The whole bunch of them got saved. You see, it doesn't happen alone. When somebody gets saved out of a family, a whole family can get saved. She had a bad testimony. I can imagine that a whole family has said, we don't talk about Rahab. She's a harlot. But when Rahab had a transformation of life that day and she went out and she told her family, I have changed. I'm not doing that business anymore. This is the new business I've got. <laughs> I have got a new master. There's two spies come in and told me this is what's going to happen to Jericho. We need to come to my house. When they start surrounding Jericho, come to my house. It's safe. We're going to trust the, trust the God of Israel. And folks, we live in a world that is perishing, that is about to fall apart, and God is going to deal with this world like nobody's ever seen. And we say, come and trust in the God that we trust in. He's going to destroy this world, and there's not, hardly going to be a man left. Trust in the Lord. Come to my house. <laughs> come and trust in my God. No, whether they believe you or not, one day they'll wish they did, if they don't now. And they'll come and all those that believe with you will be gathered outside of Jericho, that'll be in heaven, through the rapture, and will be glad that they did. And can you imagine the family gathered outside of Jericho when all the walls are falling down and, and the army of Israel is going in and everyone's killed in Jericho and you're gathered outside in, the, in a huddle... <laughs> With, with, with Rahab in the middle and it's all being destroyed and you'll be saying oh, thank God that I got out just in the nick of time and it gets better than that it gets better than that because Rahab's enduring consecration is seen through her son Boaz Obed, Jesse, David the king and better than that even was David's great-grandfather, well, her son Boaz and David the great-grandfather. Then in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 16, we read this, in the lineage that was given there, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. You know, I can hold up my lineage and I can say, oh, yeah, there's a few people there are a lot of people, a lot of good people, and some, some, uh, you know, some other people. <laughs> but I can't hold up and say, from my lineage come the Lord Jesus Christ. But Rahab can hold up her lineage and say, in my lineage is the Lord of heaven. You know, she could do that. <laughs> 
We can't. Her seed, Christ. Her seed, Christ. Rahab, the one-time heathen harlot, married into one of the leading families of Israel, became the ancestress of our Lord and other foreign ancestress, the other ones being Tamar, Ruth and Bathsheba, as we mentioned earlier. These four Gentile foreign women included the Lord's, in the Lord's lineage. Rahab's faith is given an honoured place in Hebrews 11.31, as we read earlier. How like the grace of our Lord God to mention Rahab there. Isn't God good? Isn't God great? That in his son's lineage, this woman would be included. I think we need to learn something from God, from our Lord, that he would have and gladly have someone like her mentioned in his lineage. We would like to be so proud and say, no, we, want to, we don't want to mention those sort of people. They're in our past. We don't want to include them in our fellowship because they're not the sort of people we like to talk about. But God does. The Lord does. Let's humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt us in due time. Let's associate with these people and be inclusive with those that are down and out and need, we need to show grace and mercy to. Because they're the ones that will listen to the gospel and be accepting of the grace and mercy that is shown toward them. I have found in my life that they're the ones that listen to the message of the gospel. Now praise God when those that are rich and famous do listen, but they are few and far between. The Bible says that in the word. Let's thank God for Rahab this morning. Be glad to meet her one day. She's definitely going to be in heaven. And we'll thank her for the part she played in Redemption's plan. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord for the message from Rahab today oh that we might have faith and we might have acceptance of those that are socially not acceptable but who believe by faith and who become your children and who have a ministry to others Lord thank you for the Coglins, the Mike Coglins, who were down and out and got saved And Lord, you've given them a place in heaven. (laughs) May we not think we're above other people and look down our nose at others. Lord, you accept all those that come by faith. May we too. Lord, bless your work. Uh, Bless us as we minister to other people. And may we be humble in our attitude toward all of those that are around us. We ask and pray, give us grace, give us mercy, give us an ability to be like you and have your attitude, we ask in Jesus' name.